This is Father Aaron with another podcast. The Solemnity of All Saints gives us an opportunity to reflect on our personal call to holiness. Today I take St. Peter as a case study and how mediocre Christian living just doesn't cut it, because we weren't made to be just okay Christians, but to be saints. Maybe you've seen those new AT&T commercials. Maybe not, with everyone giving up cable. I think they pop up in YouTube videos from time to time as well. But the end with the catchphrase, just okay, is not okay. And it's true, right? No one trying to run a successful ad campaign is going to put up in bold letters, we're okay. The food here is okay. Our customer service is okay compared to the other guy. It just doesn't sell, does it? Mediocrity doesn't impress anyone. That was the buzzword in seminary, mediocrity. The world doesn't need another mediocre priest. We've all seen what mediocre priests can do to the church. And we shouldn't settle for it. When a player on a sports team is giving mediocre performance, he's cut. Parents aren't looking for mediocre grades from their kids. When a mediocre date shows up to take a girl out for the night, he's usually met by a father with a shotgun at the door. But we settle for mediocrity in the faith. We do it all the time. We're fine just casually coming to church when we feel like it. We're fine putting thoughts and prayers on social media, but not meaning much more behind it. We can feel nice hearing some Bible verse, but not be really overly concerned about reading the Bible itself. Mediocrity is rampant in Christianity. The feast we celebrate today honors the host of Christians who have gone before us and decided to be more than mediocre. They became saints. What are saints? Men and women who now enjoy the perpetual vision of God's magnificence in heaven. Men and women who have won the prize that all of us should desire, who have been judged righteous and now receive the reward of heaven. I want to consider one of these saints in particular, someone we all know, St. Peter the Apostle. Peter is a good case study on sanctity, because like most of us, he didn't seem to have the predisposition some of the great saints in our history had for holiness. Like most of us, St. Peter was pretty mediocre for most of his life. And that's why he's a good case study for us on today's feast. Let's pick up our study of Peter at the moment when he first meets the Lord. Christ ventures into the Jewish fishing village of Capernaum, and finding a crowd around him, he goes down to the water and tells this fisherman who is sitting absentmindedly in his boat if he can let him cast come aboard and cast off a bit from the shore. A smart move, because the water would carry his voice better than the land, and Christ could sort of convert Peter's fishing boat into a pulpit. But a curious moment comes right after Christ finishes his sermon. 
Peter has been sitting there listening to this holy man he's just met. And then the holy man tells him that if he wants to catch fish, he needs to go out into the deep and cast his nets. And Peter, obstinate as ever, says, sort of sarcastically, All right, but I've been there all night long, and there's no fish. But holy man, if you say so, I will let down the nets again. And we know what happens. Peter catches so much fish, it almost sinks the boat. So what does Peter do? He freaks out. He falls at the feet of Jesus, realizing there's something to this holy man, and he receives his calling. If you come after me, Peter, I'll make you a fisher of men. And Peter drops everything. He leaves his boat, his family, his town, leaves them all behind, and follows Christ. Peter has begun a long process of conversion here. He has experienced Christ for the first time, and like most Christians who have ever had a serious encounter with the Lord, it moved him immediately to action. But we know it didn't hold on, right? We find ourselves on Holy Thursday night, and Christ tells all the apostles that he is about to be taken away from them, and that they would receive the Holy Spirit, who would make all of them have such an immense faith that they could even work greater marvels than they saw Christ perform. And then about two hours later, Peter's warming himself by a charcoal fire, and Christ is in chains, and people are asking Peter, do you know this man? What does Peter say? We all know what he says. He denies Christ, not once, but three times. The next day, the Lord is crucified, and Peter is nowhere to be found. We don't see Peter again until Easter Sunday. He already saw the empty tomb. He knows something's happened. And then, Christ appears in the upper room to the eleven apostles. Imagine where Peter is in that room. I bet he was pretty embarrassed. He knows Christ is aware of his denial, and so he's probably hiding in a corner. Christ comes in the room, says a few things to all of them, and then leaves without a word to Peter. A week later, the same thing happens. Peter goes three weeks seeing Christ appear in his risen flesh again and again, and never says a word to him. Then what happens? Peter's gathered with all the apostles, and out of nowhere he says, I'm going fishing. What is happening here? We remember that Peter is a fisherman, and we might just blow over this detail as Peter deciding to go out and have a good day of fishing with his friends at the lake. But that's not what's happening. Peter is now three weeks removed from his denial, three weeks since he thrice rejected Christ the Lord, the person who changed his life, and he's done nothing to rectify it. He can't even face him. And worse than that, Now he's going to ignore the situation altogether, get out of town, and go back to where he was before he met Christ, doing the thing he used to do before he met Christ. And he's not alone, right? Peter says he's going fishing, and all of the other apostles, every one of them, even John the beloved disciple, all of them head back without a second thought, as if nothing has ever happened. Christ is just a distant memory. And just like the first time Peter met Christ, this time Peter is out on the boat all night long and he catches nothing. Nothing at all. Why? Because whenever any of us decide to be mediocre Christians, whenever we want to completely deny the work of Christ in our lives, whenever we want to settle for the thing that is easiest for us, whenever we don't want to face the reality of what Christ is asking us to do, we will always be fruitless. There, Peter is sitting in the boat, doing the thing he was raised to do, doing it in the town he grew up, and it's worthless. It's all a waste, because Peter has chosen what seemed to him like the easier road, what's just okay. But just okay is not okay. 
and thank God it was a waste. Because the next moment, Christ appears, and Peter, staring into his empty nets, again lets them down and jumps right into the water and swims ashore to meet Christ. And they are reconciled. And from there on, we see Peter for the rest of his life, preaching the gospel, facing immense struggles, right up until the moment when he himself is martyred on a cross. See what love the Father has bestowed in us, writes St. John, that we may be called the children of God. Friends, we have been showered with grace from God to have the freedom to respond to Him and serve Him and one day, one day enjoy perpetual joy of His presence. And yet, despite the immense gift our Lord has afforded us, so often we are more willing to set it aside because it's difficult, because it's difficult to be a Christian and to do what Christ really asks of us. Most of the time, we know in our heart what is being asked of us, or what is the right thing to do. But when faced with the chance to act, we go and hide in the corner, like Peter, in the upper room. We can't face Christ because we know that when we do, he's going to ask us to do something difficult with our lives. Either that, or we are like the other disciples and see someone else choosing to become a mediocre Christian and we follow suit. It happens to all of us. But we were made for so much more than that. Pope Benedict XVI, speaking to German youth in 2005, said, The world offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. I'm going to alter that phrase a bit. The world offers you the easy road, the pack mentality. The world offers you mediocrity. But you weren't made for mediocrity. You were made to be a saint. That is each of your destinies. The world has no real interest in greatness or sanctity. If it did, we would honor the real heroes of society, parents who sacrifice day and night for their children, teachers, doctors, those who serve the poor. But the world doesn't honor holiness because holiness is not of the world. The world isn't good enough for saints. No amount of money or prestige is good enough for saints. It's all straw, says St. Thomas Aquinas. The reason the world does not know this, writes St. John, is that it did not know him. But we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Happy Feast Day.
Thanks for listening in today. If you like what you hear, please go on iTunes and leave a good rating. Also, tell your friends and family about it, and visit the Diocese of Jackson Office of Vocations website to find more great content, jacksonpriest.com. That's jacksonpriest, with an S, dot com. God bless.